Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What up, Fightful friends and family, and welcome to another episode of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable, number 20 to be specific. Nice little milestone to hit. Guys, my name is Shaquille Madjuri. I'm here every week over from CBSSports.com holding it down with some of the best and brightest minds in pro wrestling, as well as Alex Lajas. How are you doing? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The disrespect, and I always say yes to you when you have nobody else for this show. Last minute, you're welcome. Yes, of course. Well, (laughs) much like the bloodline, we have a uh, contentious, contentious relationship but there's no one else i'd rather be in the in down in the dirt with them emily what's what's going on how'd you get over to roger's side of the screen Let's get that <laughs> i don't up. know what just happened i'm, I'm clapping all over the place <laughs> speaking of which you know this man brain you know the the mastermind behind wrestling inc now living the life alongside denise salcedo and jeremy lambert the taylor swift super fan himself raj Geary. how are you doing i'm doing good thanks for having me on thank you so much for uh making the trip and to alex's point you did it on 24 hours notice so in my books you're the real day one you're the one who's got my back and not just you but fresh off her own summer slam botch hitting the floor, doing the work, willing to get through anything to get the scoop. Emily May, do you want to tell everyone what happened to you this past weekend? Uh, I had an amazing weekend. Um, (laughs) I just am very clumsy, so I did trip at one point over the weekend. But I'm all good. I came out of it unscathed uh, so far. (laughs) Looking like a million bucks. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Now, uh, there's so much to get to, so we should jump into it. Guys, If it's your first time here, maybe you joined one of these lovely people over to the Fightful Pond. Please subscribe, support all the great work that Sean Ross Sapp and company do over here. Let's get started. Uh, Raj, I feel like you are alone on the island of relevancy this week. A lot of people came out of SummerSlam not particularly thrilled but could you tell, guys, I had a bit of a rough day this morning. I apologize if I'm taking it out on you. These intros are 
right now. They're killing. They're killing. Uh, you know, a lot of people not thrilled with the outcome of Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns tribal combat at SummerSlam, particularly Jimmy Uso returning after being injured by Roman and Solo, turning on his twin brother Jay. Raj, you seemed a little bit more forgiving of this segment than most. Tell me why it is that you're sort of dipping left as a lot of people are sort of going right on the trail of, I don't like well, this, this is too much. Sure. Well, I mean, to begin with, the uh, you know the seeds had been planted for, for the Jimmy turn for a while. You know, the, just a few weeks ago, they did that segment where uh, Jimmy said, like, he admitted he opposed Jay being the right-hand man, you know, uh, uh, to Roman Reigns. And so the seeds had been planted. And my biggest thing is we haven't even had a follow-up yet. You know, they just did the turn. We don't know where they're going. Um, I mean, we know where they're going with Jimmy versus Jay. We don't know uh, how Roman's involved, things like that. And look, I'll admit, um, you know, at some point we need to have Roman, you know, feuding with guys outside the bloodline. And um, but I'm willing, you know, this this storyline has a big a big boom for WWE. I mean, uh, the the numbers year over year, we haven't seen increases like that since the Attitude Era year over year. Uh, attendance, they're they're killing it. So it's working. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt to at least give them one episode to follow up uh, as, as opposed to just judging on that one, uh, that one, you know, five minutes. But I, I will admit, I did think that match was way too long. Um, I thought that did kind of, uh, turn what would have been probably a really, a really, really good pay per view until into a pretty good one. But um, yeah, as far as the angle goes, I'm just willing to to see where it goes. All right. Um, is there anyone here? If if you were to guess, Alex, Emily, maybe even myself, which one of us do you think was the most passionate going out of that pay per view? That that was the wrong call. Are we all being forgiving of this? I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's one of the like one of the strongest, uh, you know, like Raj is talking about one of the strongest uh storytelling elements right now. The bloodline is like really hot, but I could see both sides where some people are like, "Hey, it needs to kind of come to an end." I know that was a discussion post of like, "Hey, when is the bloodline going to potentially disband?" Paul Heyman was not happy about that question. Um we all saw how uh, frustrated he he mentioned that they're in like the third inning right now. If we like kept it to kind of baseball terms, uh, you know, they're in the third inning right now. So that is an exhausting comment, by the way. Like I've been a big fan of the storyline, <laughs> but what do you mean? You're telling me we're not halfway through. You're telling me we're That's a third of <laughs> That would mean nine years, right? I'm not that... a big baseball guy, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have been waiting on this turn. We obviously saw it happen. I think it could, I, I feel like the match could have been a little bit shorter to Raj's point. It could have been a little bit more concise and still had that moment at the end. Right. Um, but I, I think it's causing a little like frustration with fans right now of like, what is like, when is that one-on-one -on -one going to happen? You know, because there are a few more, uh, you know, premium live events coming up but like how do they build it week after week alex so i agree with everyone and i'm in between where the bloodline story is definitely the most successful 
storyline happening, one of the most successful storylines happening right now in wrestling, but also possibly in the last 10 years of professional wrestling. Um, I think when we talk about the bloodline, I definitely agree this, the match went on a little too long, SummerSlam. But it seems like now sometimes when we talk about the bloodline, we don't leave out Cody, Cody Rhodes. And I see that a lot of people online are saying that he should have won, he shouldn't have won at WrestleMania, blah, 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 this and that. Um, to me, I'm still enjoying the bloodline story, and I see it in a very it's it's a soap opera it's a telenovela and mm -hmm. i grew up watching telenovelas so i'm <laughs> tuning in on it and the way that i've processed the bloodline story is i look at it like the last season of stranger things where if you remember vecna was you know in connected to every kid that was being possessed and it didn't take until you cut off those ties so that you can defeat Vecna. And that's the same thing in my eyes with Roman Reigns, because essentially the bloodline is a cult, right? It was. And the only person, well, rather, it's a cult. And so I feel like you need to break down the connections. And there's still, yes, a lineage there, bloodline lineage there. Um, so for me, I feel like you need to, to cut the connections in terms of Jimmy and Solo. Jay is still there. I wish there would have been something more to Jay's story leading into it, more so in the sense of, like, I wish Jimmy didn't <laughs> do what he did. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do give it a benefit of the doubt. I want to see where it goes. I feel like everything just needs to fall into place where all three of them turn on Roman, and then essentially yeah. that's where we're going to see uh, the cracks. We're already starting to see the cracks and it's kind of forming, but then it's not. Uh, so all three of them just need to band together. But I also think that is a slow burn to come by. Uh, but essentially I think everyone does agree. Cody is the guy and he's possibly the guy to take the title off of Roman. But now it's like, how do we get to the finishing the story for Cody, but also finishing the story with the bloodline because it has been going on for years now, but it's also one of the best stories that's going on yeah. for years. And Alex, to your yeah. point, you know, you if you remember to the build up to this year's WrestleMania, Cody was saying that eventually the bloodline's not going to be together. Roman's going to be all alone. And mm -hmm. so I think, you know, by the time we get to the next WrestleMania, that's going to be true. And I think that'll probably be part of the part of the story, you know, that Roman's lost everything. And, you know, Cody coming after his title. And you don't want to do Cody right now, obviously. You don't, but they're planting the seeds. They had Cody saying, you know, Brock acknowledged me. They showed the, the sign in the crowd uh, uh, while Cody was talking. So it's definitely heading, heading there. You can argue um, if Cody losing was the right move or not. I, at the time, thought it was the wrong move. But the more I thought about it, I was like, eh, you know, it does give Cody more of a chance to build himself. There was, a, there would there would have been a risk of fans turning on him and, you know, feeling like he got stuff too early. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that they've already done Jay. I don't think they're going to do Roman and Jimmy. So you basically got solo left. So I think we are kind of yeah. getting towards a finish line as far as the infighting with the bloodline. So, you know, I'm willing to see it through. And then I'm sure at the Royal Rumble, uh, it's going to be full speed ahead with Cody and Roman. 
Yeah, I yeah. um I even wrote in my review for CBS Sports that like is this what made the most sense to me? No. Has this storyline deserved the benefit of the doubt? Absolutely. So I'm willing to see where this goes. Do you do any of you guys have siblings? I do. Unfortunately. Yes, only child yeah. syndrome right here. I, I do find, you know, it's pro wrestling. There's a to degree to which you have to suspend your belief. But I do find the turn a little hard to swallow. Like, I can kind of get by the idea. Obviously, siblings fight. But putting your own cousin in the hospital is already a bit of a stretch to me. And then now for your twin brother of all people... Very, you know, to Alex's point, soap opera like. It, I worry it might sort of veer a little too much into that sort of have, cartoonish drama. I think I, I think you actually have the ability to not like Alex. Yeah, it is kind of soap opera, right? Soap opera y right now. I don't know. We're gonna make it a word there. Uh, <laughs> but I think you, they have the opportunity to make it very authentic and emotional too. And I think that's what we have to like potentially look forward to is because sibling like and cousins and all of that like that connection is is obviously stronger than someone that's not within your group and i think that's why the, the bloodline has resonated with so many fans mm-hmm. so i think the potential of like the emotional elevation of the storyline is totally there and you know i'm i'm totally in it i want to see what happens um so if they play it right i think to alex's point I think you're right where they could, they have to separate everyone from the main, you know, the main chief there. Right. So you have to separate everyone from the main pack and that's when you divide and conquer. And that might be when uh, to Alex's point, Cody might sweep in and, and obviously take advantage of that. And have you seen Godfather two or succession? The stuff that those yes. families do are, yeah. are way worse. The, exactly. Yes. That stuff. Like yeah, you might find someone in a trunk, you know, it definitely right. seems like that's the road that like the bloodline is going to. And if we like look back, some of the best juicier feuds have been through siblings, mm-hmm. right? Like Owen Hart, Bret Hart, they've had tremendous matches with each other because they know each other better than anybody else in the ring. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Jay versus Jimmy possibly at payback, which is a perfect pay-per-view for that uh, feud to take down that match to be down. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like this would be good. They're not the only twins that have battled. We've gotten the Bella twins and yeah. they survived. So I oh. think the Usos will survive as well. Fair it point. is hard uh, to do a, uh, a family versus family feud. You know, Brett versus Owen obviously comes to mind. Dominic and Ray, I thought, did a great job. But there's been a lot more misses than hits. Uh, I think AEW did a great job with Cody and Dustin. But um, outside of that, it's really hard to do. But I feel like they've been pulling it off. So, again, that, that benefit of the doubt. All right. Well, guys, this dovetails very nicely into topic two. Uh, there's been a lot of storyline developments across pro wrestling over the last seven days, right? We had, of course, Jimmy Uso returning and uh, returning and turning on Jay Uso. Ricky starts just beat the living crap out of poor Ricky Steamboat with that belt. Um, did not expect to see that. Did Ricky take that kind of assault there at, uh, at his day, at his age. Although he's looking great head of hair. Honestly, I was looking at the back of his head and I worry I'm going to go bald before he does, but you know, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, what I would like from each of you 
as Emily keeps trying to become Raj over here. <laughs> I know. I steal my spot. Is, yeah. I'm not pushing you out of the way, I swear. Next she's going to come for Alex, and then she's going to zigzag her way up to host position here very quickly. Um, what I would like from each of you is your favorite booking decision in the last seven days. So anything from basically um, Wednesday's Dynamite to last night's Raw is kind of up for grabs. Best booking decision, did you say? Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, you broke up there for a second. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm i going to say EO Sky cashing in and winning the women's uh, championship. Yeah. Um, I think it's the best because that's probably what damage control needs um, as a little bit of a push. They were not getting a lot of wins, uh, and EO got the money in the bank. Um, and so for me, I... I guess this is more so bias because of my Joshi love of it all, but I just, EO Sky has been a tremendous talent for so many years, and I love that she's finally really getting her flowers, as the kids say. Uh, and even big shout out to Michael Cole for making the call of mm -hmm. from the world of stardom to the top yeah. uh, of WWE, because uh, EO Sky was so dominant in stardom. She has won every single belt. You know, she's won the world uh, world of stardom championship, which is the highest title, and she's a Grand Slam winner in stardom as well. And I believe she's almost a Grand Slam winner in WWE. She just needs the heavyweight championship. So I I hope that this does lead to more good for EO Sky and even better for damage control. Hopefully Dakota Kai does come back sometime soon. Uh, but I am excited to see where it goes. And I know that they've slightly been teasing damage control, maybe breaking up. I really don't see it anytime soon, especially without Dakota in the picture as well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I think that's the best booking decision. I think overall, it's everyone was very excited and it seems like the fans were really behind on it. Uh, and I didn't see anyone complaining on Twitter, which... Pfft, who would have Very thought? rare. Very rare. <laughs> so rare. Uh, so rare. But I think that, that's the best decision for me. Yeah. Well, and so. I like it because, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Emily, no, because it also kind of serves the dual purpose of this sort of new bitter Bianca Belair's descent into a heel turn, right? At first, it was sort of getting leapfrogged by Charlotte Flair. And then when she finally gets the opportunity she's been seeking that she is entitled to, here comes EO Sky to give her not just one of the longest reigns as a champion uh, in WWE history, but now one of the shortest, shortest as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Emily. I mean, I was, so Alex, I was going to pick the same moment, um, but I was going to take a little different, uh, a little different take on it because I think there was that heartwarming reunion of damage control um, at the end of uh, EO's uh, cash in and win. Um, and I think this, that moment I think was, important to have because I think her win wouldn't have been as I think 
um, meaningful if she didn't have that group kind of back together again. It's obviously been uh, been a really tough road for them this past year. So for them to have that reunion, I think, was really important. And then also um, to the point about Bianca, I think that match in itself, I think there was kind of questions going into SummerSlam if, like, Asuka, Bianca, Charlotte, if that was the right, like, um, kind of right booking decision. And I think once we saw that match happen, I think we all were in it. We all enjoyed it. Um, and I think everyone idiom as we were watching obviously was super excited for Bianca but the fact that it happened but I think we were waiting for that cash in right I think there's obviously lots of discussion that, that it was most likely going to happen um so I think that whole sequence of events that happened I think worked really really well and it was really smart for them to happen on um on a big platform like SummerSlam happened I Took my spot again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. We're having like elves. We're having technical elves mess no. with the broadcast here. Oh, I was going to say. I, yeah. I, out, I love that. I came out of that cash and thinking, wow, they really, uh, they really took their time with the women's money in the bank briefcase this year. A whole 30 days approximately before the cash. And I mean, that might be the longest reign I've ever seen for a money in the bank winner. Well, there was Carmella. Okay, <laughs> let me okay. do my thing. Let me let me. Uh, so I actually have Emily. Next time, please jump off to the sideways. To Ross. I would definitely turn into um actually kind of. Person, right? So I've got I've got three, but I'll be real quick. I, I agree with the three. EO. I thought, I, I thought Ooh, EO was uh yeah EO. I thought it was great, and it also it opens up a ton of stuff with that with that win. You have Charlotte who was about to win the match and got, mm -hmm. you know, got the miss. You have Asuka who didn't lose to Io. And then you got Bianca, obviously, who lost while injured. So opens up a ton of possibilities. A great pop. The fans really felt, you know, were really into it. So it, I thought that was probably, that was easily one of the highlights of the night, if not the highlight of the night. I also thought the way the Cody-Brock match was booked, I thought it made Cody a bigger star coming out of that. that. Like, I feel like he... He was already at a top level, but felt even more. And Brock, you know, this wasn't a booking decision, but apparently, but Brock, you know, congratulating him after just took it to the next level, which I thought was great. And then I'd, I'd also say um, Adam Cole and MJF uh, with what they did, with how they announced the match without breaking them up. I think everyone, when they started the feud, thought that they would have split by now. And, uh, and, and know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this was meant to be a short term storyline, but I think kudos to them. Yeah, so what they had here, booking wise, going with what's working and not ending it yet. So I thought that was, I thought that was great going on the fly, keeping them both baby faces, as much as you know, as much as they are, uh, and going with what's hot, not ending it too soon, keeping it going, kind of leaving some storyline possibilities open with Adam Cole signing that contract without reading it. There's you know different things you could do there, but I thought that was really well done. Yeah, um, I actually echo your sentiment there, Raj. And very quickly, guys, because I forgot to mention, if you'd like to get engaged in the conversation, please go ahead, leave a super chat. One dollar, one thousand. I got my preference, but it's all good. <laughs> we'll make sure to read those throughout the show. Um, I was go also going to give the nod to Brock Lesnar. You know, uh, I had a brief conversation with a colleague of mine over at CBS Sports where, uh, you know, I'm over here sort of being the Debbie Downer going, well, it could it should have been Sammy that beat it like it should have been Drew that beat Roman. It should have been Sammy that beat Roman. It should have been Cody. It should have been Jay Uso. 
And um, I think where there's sort of a divide between people is some will say, well, each of these guys became a better, bigger star and had a moment, a big moment, despite the loss. I'm not sure I'm quite entirely on the same page. I do think the answer, like most things in life, is somewhere between the black and the white, somewhere in the gray zone. But I do think Sammy and Kevin, probably out of the three of them, or the four of them to this point, has gotten the biggest moment, headlining night one of WrestleMania, winning it. And it looked like they were going to sort of be a anchor of Raw for a little while, but I feel like they have kind of taken a half step back as a focal point of that show, uh, even to the point where their tag team title match against Pretty Deadly wasn't at Money in the Bank. It was the night before. With Cody, the thing that I've been struggling with is, you know, especially in the aftermath of SummerSlam, it feels like we're heading towards Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania 40. It's hard for me to be invested in anything he does from now until then, knowing that it is almost like a placeholder, right? Like all these storylines are almost like detours to get him back to that point. Brock Lesnar acknowledging him at the end of that match, shaking his hand, hugging him, holding him. It was the first time since WrestleMania that I felt like, whoa, Cody's actually taken a step forward. He's taken a step up. This isn't just a sidestep for him. Um, unlike the sidestep that Emily keeps taking. <laughs> Listen, I'm, we they love really want me to be Emily. Emily. <laughs> we love bitch. I don't know good. what's going on. Oh, <laughs> this is my shtick that I do on every show. I just am like keeping everyone on their toes. Um, so I was going to say that moment with Brock Lesnar um, and Cody Rhodes at the end, like that moment, I think resonated with a lot of people. Um, I think it was a big step up. It shows that mutual respect they have for each other. And, you know, and I, I don't think that trilogy is over, but I feel like that was kind of, and I don't know, obviously, if it's a moment that was, um, you know, sometimes you're in the moment after a match and, and you have kind of that emotional connection. Um, so I, I don't know if it was, uh, quote, a booking decision, but I think it was a moment that added something to the fans uh, for the fans like reaction. And I think it, it resonated with a lot of people. So I think it kind of it kind of made them feel like they're on the same level a little bit. Yeah, for the first time. Good, it was a good stepping stone for Cody. You know, mm-hmm. like I think uh everyone agrees he's the company guy and everyone wants to be wants him to be on top and I think that he is a clear answer to dethrone Roman. Uh and so for me that moment with Brock Lesnar, I was like gooped and gagged. I was like, "What is Brock Lesnar doing? Go fix your pants before you do this, sir." Because I felt like his pants were split, but that's okay. A wardrobe malfunction, you know. It's show business, baby. But the show goes uh, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I really love that moment. Like that was a huge highlight for Cody moving forward. Uh, and even like, I felt like there was a different like aura with Cody last night on Monday Night Raw. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited for Cody's, uh, you know, future in the company. Uh, I just hope that Brock Lesnar got his pants fixed. (laughs) Now, uh, probably by the time Emily gets her internet sorted out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're sassy today. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. And to to your point, uh, Shaq, um, with, 
us knowing that Roman's not losing until WrestleMania. And, uh, and, but you still have a lot of strong storylines going on, you know, and that's one thing I feel like WWE has gotten a lot better at. You got the stuff with Seth, you know, with, uh, with Nakamura that they just started. Mm-hmm. You've got whatever they do next with Cody. Um, you got the judgment day and that split that's, you know, bound to happen with Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And then the bloodline, even though, you know, Roman's not losing is still entertaining TV. Oh, so even though you, you don't know that you, you know that Roman's not losing anytime soon, it's still, you know, uh, going to be a, a fun stretch between now and, and WrestleMania season. Now, guys, I do want to finish up on some AEW all in talk, but I so I just want to very quickly get the second half of this. Uh, we discussed what our favorite booking moments were. and I do just want to give a supplemental shout out. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone suspects Shinsuke Nakamura is going to beat Seth Rollins, but to take someone who's kind of been like just treading water, that was about as good of a job, I think, as they could have done cementing, putting it, placing him into a main event, two wins on the same night, plus a turn in the main event. I feel like that was, which has kind of been teased for a few weeks. I think they kind of made the best out of that situation that they could. I do very also want to give a shout out to them, to AEW for continuing to sort of push forward with this Ryan Cage, Big Bill team. There's something nice here. I hope they commit to it and they stick to it for a while. I do want to very quickly get everyone's thoughts on um, one of the poor booking decisions they think has happened over the last seven days. I'll start on this one. I really, truly believe, you know, there were reports that there was going to be sort of a big uh, and unexpected loss handed out at SummerSlam. I was really hoping that Finn Balor was going to go over Seth Rollins. And, and there's kind of two primary reasons there why I felt like that's the direction we should have gone. One, the Judgment Day for so long felt like a stable that a lot of fans did not want around. <laughs> but <laughs> they're so they're as hot as they've ever been right now. And I don't really know that I need to see two factions going through tension and split it's on two separate brands. Like, it feels too close to what we're seeing with the bloodline. Plus, I understand and I appreciate that they may want to establish Seth Rollins as a champion with a very worthy reign, but it's already kind of under... A lot of fans kind of have the impression that this world title is a secondary belt because Roman Reigns is so inactive as champion. Why not go the opposite direction? If we have a champion that we know isn't losing the title between now and April, why not have the world title be a little bit more competitive? Why not use this as an opportunity to sort of separate it? Like, I don't, it it feels like we're trending too much in a direction where the Raw's world title scene is almost like a poor man's version of SmackDown's world title scene. And I think this could have been a big moment for Finn, a big moment for the Judgment Day, and a chance to have the Raw World Heavyweight Championship be a little bit more chaotic and exciting and something where you don't always know what the outcome is going to be. So I do think that was a missed opportunity and uh, I'll open the floor for whoever has their kind of biggest booking blunder for the week. So, uh, you know, I, I could see your point and that was, you know, I, I was, you know, I, when I was going in, I thought Seth, Seth should win just because I do think it's only been four months since Seth won the title. You want this is the first champion of this version of the world title, so you want to establish it a bit. I don't. Whenever you ping pong the titles around, I feel like it means less and less. And Seth is hot right now, but at the same time, so is Finn. So I, you know, I, I could have seen uh, the case either way, but I do think 
it's probably a little more important to establish it right off the bat. And then you could change it down the road. I don't think he needs to hold it as long as Roman or anything. But you see, anytime you have these longer title reigns, the person that beats it gets more out of it. And so I, I like that they kept it. My biggest booking blunder, I think, um, would have been that that stipulation that they had for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I felt like it really limited them to what they could do. Uh, it wasn't MMA rules. There were no rounds. There were no judges right off the bat. And I just there think was like Ronda a doctor stoppage, and they kept the fight going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I just felt like Ronda Rousey. She did so much for the women's division that she deserves something bigger to go out on. And I, I hated mm-hmm. seeing her going out like that with just you know this bad step. The crowd wasn't into it. And I just feel like she should have deserved a, a bigger moment. Um, and I, it, it's not saying she won't come back. Who knows if she will or she won't. But if she's gone for now, I would like to uh, see uh, a better booked, uh, probably no gimmick, just or if you're going to do one, do a fight pit, but something better for her final match. All right. Emily? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I so both of those, I was going to pick both of those that you brought up. Um the the Ronda versus Shayna match, the MMA rules match, um, it definitely did not translate to uh, the arena um, when we were there in person. Um, the fans were not happy. Um, I think they had this amazing build. You know, they obviously were friends. They you know turned uh, turned tag team champs, and then now obviously uh, had you know are facing each other. So it had such an amazing build. And then um, I felt like it kind of fell flat. Um, And I, uh, it was, an MMA match could be really cool, um, but I feel like it was just too much on, it was too much uh, on the mat. Like we've seen it so many times before. And it just, for me, it just didn't translate. And I think for a lot of, a lot of people watching, um, I think at home too, it didn't really like have the energy that it needed, especially on a SummerSlam card. Um, I think also to the point of uh, Finn Balor uh, versus Seth Rollins, I agree that I wanted Finn Balor to win because everyone in the Judgment Day has something to prove, right? Has something, uh, is holding something that other people want. And Finn Balor needed this, um, needed this win. But I get that it, for, to Raj's point, it is a Oh, now I'm Raj. We, we should just say he's Raj. Way. Go ahead with your <laughs> you mentioned him. Here. It's because I mentioned you. Yeah, so I think it is a little too soon to kind of switch over, uh, uh, switch over those championships. But I really wanted to see Finn because Finn is in this new era. I, I, we're going to say Raj for a bit because uh, <laughs> Finn it. is in this new era that we're seeing him. He has this whole new energy. This this whole new chapter of what he's doing with the judgment day. And he's leading this whole, uh, this whole allegiance. And they are, you know, again, I think they might turn into have some, some trouble down the line where I'm not quite ready for that. Cause I love them so much, <laughs> but um, I, I really wanted it. So I don't know if it's quite a bad booking decision. I don't know if I would categorize it as that, but I think it's one that I wanted to see. Okay. We'll move you back here now that you're pointing. Oh my! Oh, now you are you doing this on purpose? No, 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 no. I don't know what's happening. I think like your internet's like disconnecting for like a brief second, and I think when it's a three-person shot, it naturally pushes Raj over there. So then when you hop back, and I listen, I don't know what's going on, but we love bits here, Emily. Your energy is perfect. The bit is hilarious. So thank you for both your intentional and unintentional contributions to this show. 
You do I try, it. you know, I try. Um, Alex, take us home on the uh, booking blunder for the week. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to agree with the MMA rules because that was such a good buildup for both Ronda because I finally saw that like little peaks of Ronda of like, okay, she's getting better on the mic for sure. I feel like they, they give her too much, too many words. And so she talks so fast. So sometimes she can't get a lot of words out during her promos, but with Shayna, I, I love the turn and money in the bank and I love the promos and the vignettes that they were doing. Uh, so leading into that match with the MMA rules, like it just wasn't it. There should have been something different. I feel watching it from home because uh, Emily mentioned it was kind of ever like the crowd wasn't feeling it live but watching it at home I felt like it should have been a better presentation maybe like putting down the lights when the when they usually do that when they're doing the call for championship mm-hmm. in the beginning of a match uh, I don't know changing the ropes like it's brawl for all or something like there should have been a little mm-hmm. bit more in terms of a production presentation for that match rather like ceremonial than, right yes, like ceremonial yeah, yeah, take yeah. the ropes it, off or do something exactly yeah. exactly take the ropes off and also you they have that collaboration with endeavor and ufc like there should have been a little bit of a cross yeah, Bruce with Buffer that, in there to do the yeah <laughs> yeah uh, maybe yeah yeah that would have been great he's herb great. dean is the ref yeah <laughs> i love herb dean too so yeah, yeah that should have yeah. been it there should have been some kind of mix right uh so for me it was kind of not great but i will say this might be a little bit of a nitpick but they should have given rhea ripley a match at SummerSlam, and i know that that's across the board the general consensus but it's like she's so hot right now she's so good and everything that you guys were saying about like seth and finn with championship and I just feel that she needs more defenses as well. She's great. She's amazing on camera. She's amazing in the ring. She's amazing with the with the Judgment Day. Uh, but it's it's it for me. It's good to see her get mixed in with some of the men's feuds. And watching Monday Night Raw last night, it was good to see Raquel come out and attack her. And then we had Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. But that's also like. Geez, there's so many women on that roster where she can be having so many defenses and maybe like getting a streak up for her or or something. Uh, but that's, you know, I don't think that's more so from the weekend. I think that's just like overall entirety. You know, but you want to yeah, talk and I know about Alex. There. Yeah, that's been a big conversation, Alex. Like, where was Rhea Ripley? Like, why wasn't she on uh, have, a, you know, why didn't she have a match um, like this? And I think that's going to be an ongoing discussion for sure. Um, you could fight. Mic drop. Of ongoing discussion. <laughs> that was a mic drop. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of crossover stars, I, I don't really know too much about this world, so I'm not going to get into it. But I don't think there's another WWE superstar I hear as much about from a few people I know in the world of TikTok who has like this, are you guys aware that she has like this entire secondary following of non uh, wrestling fans who I guess dig yes. the aesthetic? <laughs> so I will say I do because my hairstylist does not watch wrestling at all, but she's on TikTok and she is 
like feral for Ripley, and every time, like every time I go to get my haircut, she just always talks about her. And again, like she never grew up as a wrestling fan; she doesn't know anything about wrestling. Uh, and so she just Feral. always talks to me about Rhea Ripley, and now she's actually tuning in on Monday Night Raw to watch her. And is she, she DM'd me, yeah, she's mommy, and she DM'd me, and she was like, "Why is she gonna be at SummerSlam?" And I was like, "I, I don't have the heart to tell you no. I don't, I, I, I don't think that she is, but she <laughs> has a huge following on TikTok because of that. Uh, the fact that my hairstylist knows who she is, so yeah, I would agree. All right." <laughs> Now, guys, before we head over to the final topic of the day, um, I didn't actually prepare this as well as I should have. So, Alex, why don't you keep telling me about reality? No, actually, it's good. I got to figure it out. Uh, now, before we get to our final topic, a little dive into AEW All In. If you need to prevent, protect your online security and your connection is a tad bit more stable than Emily's, SRS has the scoop on NordVPN. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Block online trackers, annoying pop-up ads, unlock geo-blocked content. Maybe you missed the WWE Network. Maybe you want that AEW+. Maybe you want to subscribe to overseas services so you can get UFC pay-per-views at a reduced rate. Well, NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to do that, and you can do it with four months for free with that link. Not only that, you get your 30-day money-back guarantee as well, just in case you don't like it. For any reason, it works on all of your devices so you can do this stuff wherever you are. Maybe you're on that unsecured Wi-Fi at the airport, the hotel. It can be dangerous. Your info is at risk, but you can still gain access to all that stuff. Check out all of your favorite shows or maybe shows you haven't discovered before with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now with multiple tiers so you can get whatever services that you want. NordVPN.com slash fightful look at that helping srs make a quick buck shout out to nordvpn for supporting the show guys one topic left we are less than a month away from AEW all in on track to be a record-setting crowd i'm sure wwe is not thrilled about that um and at a really important time i think for AEW, where I think they found their footing and they're sort of finding consistency again with the debut of Collision and how well that show has been received. But, you know, there was the high and naturally, as it was always going to happen, there was a bit of a fall. Um, so it's nice to see them finding footing. And I feel like this is a great chance for them to sort of reinsert themselves as a reminder that this product is a genuine viable alternative to WWE. I am curious. There was a lot of sort of frustration with the lack of matches announced about a month out from a record-setting show. We're starting to get there. So in the aftermath of Adam Cole versus MJF being officially announced, the seeds being planted for FTR versus Young Bucks 3, a CM Punk Samoa Joe rematch looks like it's on the way. Three weeks out from AEW All-In, I guess more like 20 days. Yeah, right? Um, how are we all feeling about it? Are we all in on all in Alex? Yeah, I'm all in because I, this is the first time that the UK crowd is going to get, uh, an AEW show. 
For me, in a fan perspective, uh, I am excited to see the crowd reaction for the individuals on the roster. Um, and, I mean, we all know the chants are just going to go buck wild and it's going to be great. So for me, I'm in that point, I am excited. I do wish that there was a little bit more of match announcements because there could be a little bit more building up, especially like you said, it's a record setting uh, event and we could play around a little bit more uh, in terms of building it each week. And I, but isn't this what they usually do? Like kind of booking matches kind of last minute not really so much last minute but uh i guess here's my problem i don't think this was the booking ethos of tony khan when aew first launched like you know mm -hmm. once hangman page was crowned champion he came out and said this was the plan from the beginning this order of world champions was planned and it kind of blows your mind like wow so much foresight and thought went into executing this plan over a number of years and it just kind of feels like since then partly due to injuries but partly due to their own volition it feels like everything's kind of being put together on a week by week basis and i mm -hmm. think they're starting to work their way out of that but yeah i guess it's kind of grown to be synonymous with AEW. but i don't know that at least as a consumer that's what i want to think about when i think of AEW. yeah i mean i i think Sorry, i didn't mean to cut you off alex how dare no gosh why does it why do you have to cut off alex <laughs> that's so nice i'm trying um, to give you a break emily i've been harassing yeah i know gosh you're like really on it on me today um so in regards to to all in i think this has been kind of what we've seen this pattern before leading into big pay-per-views is that it's a slow build we're like not necessarily sure of the matches that will happen because things can change so quickly i think what's exciting about this is like European fans are going to be able to see AEW. They're going to break, they're already breaking records. We've seen it. And I think we should just be excited for that, that there's this alternative that we could potentially see, you know, I feel like they're finally finding their groove. Like you said, they're kind of finding their pattern of what works. I think they have two big you know two big shows every week that they can push storylines they can push the matches and so i think we're going to see in the next like two weeks obviously we're going to see a lot of changes and shifts in that and i think the matches they have announced so far i think are really good exciting um i think we're you know obviously we're gonna we're gonna hear a little bit more um you know in the next week or so but i i don't know i'm excited to at least see what they do um you know at all in because i think they've been you know, this is a big, it's a big risk for them, I think, because it might not, you know, who knows what the reaction will be. Rod? I think from a, a spectacle point of view, it's going to be fantastic. And that alone is going to be so cool to watch, you, you know, 80,000 UK fans just going nuts. Amazing. I mean, the mm. that they you know, the in-ring action will deliver. Well, it'll be, oh, yeah. but absolutely. My, um, so you got to think that this was not the original plan was to have two pay-per-views, you know, a week apart. I've got to think as soon as all in was announced and they were talking about it being like a celebration of also WBD and, you know, like a hundred years of, of WBD. I was like, okay, they're going to stream this thing on max or at the very least it's going to be on TBS, TNT, and then build to all out. And that didn't happen. So you're, you've got two pay-per-views coming up in a month that are a week apart. So, 
you know, that aspect is weird. Um, and the only other thing is I was kind of hoping for a dream match. And uh, I think this lineup is super solid. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, you have that opportunity. You know, who knows when we'll, we'll get that again. I'm kind of hoping for something that, you know, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, we, you know, that we've already seen that on Collision. Uh, you know, Bucks and FDR is the third one. It's going to be, it'll probably be tag team match of the year, but still, it is something you have seen. MJF and Adam Cole is new. Um, I don't know if I call it a dream match, but it is the best storyline that I've had in a long time. So, from that standpoint, who knows? It maybe it'll still happen, but um, I think it's going to be a fantastic show. And, uh, you know, easily should be one of the best things to do for the year. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think the Adam Cole MJF feud exceeding expectations the way it has is a real saving grace for all in in terms of possibly even pay per view buys, but in terms of making the event feel like more than a house show cranked to 10,000. Like, there are both championship and emotional stakes in that fight. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. entirely convinced anymore that MJF is going to walk away with the title. Who knows? Like, there's actually a lot of directions you can go with a feud like this. And I think if over the next week or two we can get one or two matches that are are built to beyond the context of, hey, I want a rematch or, hey, I want another match. If we can find a couple more feuds to insert into this that have – emotional stakes beyond a title or beyond just a competitive match i think we're headed in the right place and i do think there are options like uh, kenny omega kunosuke to catch the match i think that's something you could pull in really easily that has meaning to it um beyond just the spirit of competition there are rumors that we're gonna get will osprey there i guess that'll kind of be dream match ish maybe not quite to the scale that raj is hoping for um but at least there's going to be sort of a sideshow spectacle kind of situation there, maybe. If it was Osprey versus Omega three, I think that would be something spectacular. Uh, Osprey versus Jericho, I don't know something about it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't get me excited. Not good. Yeah, I mean, I think with the MJF Adam Cole feud, I think obviously MJF is like the best on the mic. We obviously, I think we're going to see some build of of some more media packages, maybe some more, you know, obviously MJF on the mic, you know, um, I think that is delivering already. Um, and that's just going to continue. And so I think we just need, we need that, like you said, we need that extra emotional investment in these, in these matches in order for us to like be won over later, you know, I would, I'm hoping that within this week or next week, uh, there's a bit more of a build for the women's scene going into All In. Um, I think with Hukara Shida being the AW Women's Champion now is a fantastic opportunity to uh, redeem herself or more so on the booking side uh, because she really did carry the pandemic when it came to AEW. And so going off of what Raj is saying, I think there's a possibility to do a dream match with her. Uh, And I think it would be a good decision to do that for the women's division. I mean, they've been getting a lot of criticism for the way that they are booking the women's division. So if we were going to have a dream match, I think that's the perfect opportunity to do it with Hikaru Shida or possibly Chris Statlander as well. 
because Chris Statlander is doing a really amazing job. She's showing a lot of representation when she's doing sign language on uh, when she's coming out in the ring. So again, those are two really great champions that you have right now that you should be utilizing 1000% and beyond. And that's two really good champions to have those uh, potential dream matches to lead into all in or all out. I was about to try and do some yeah. ASL here until I realized I don't know how, and I was worried I might. I've been watching a lot of videos where like dudes roll up on gangsters and whip out like uh, whip out <laughs> fake gang signs and then have to run for their lives. I I don't know why. I don't know why. There's something obscenely addictive uh, about those videos. Also, since we brought up Rhea Ripley, there are still people in our comment sections in the live chat having conversations about Rhea's aesthetic, so. Mommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Alex, to your... I, I'm Raj again. Um, I, to your Go point, Alex, I think you're right. They need to utilize their champion, uh, their, their like, women champions Alex, a little bit yeah, better. Make you feel better. Um, are we switching everyone? Welcome to the rifle roundtable. <laughs> is that, is that what I sound here. like? <laughs> um, and I, I think... need to leave a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they do need to build up uh, the women's matches and the women's division a little bit better leading into All In. And we have All Out, obviously, you know, a few months from now. So I think, um, yeah, it just needs to it needs to be done. There's a lot a lot more conversation across the board that needs to needs to happen. Um, but I think we're missing that big puzzle for this uh, for this upcoming one. And, and I want to see where they're going. I almost wish they would have saved uh, Hikaru Shida's win for All In, because I think mm-hmm. that would have been awesome in that stadium. Uh, I hope they don't do Hikaru Shida versus Soraya, just because I think uh, Soraya, because I almost think she, you know, then Shida would probably get booed there. I'd like to see her get a big win with a big ovation at that show. Maybe uh, someone like Britt Brit Baker, but I, I agree. I'd like to see uh, something big there. All right. Well, uh, on our way out here, let's go to a super chat. I appreciate this as much as I, Alex Lahaz, appreciate Church of Joshi and anything that has to do with women's wrestling and only women's wrestling. Servrendo92, what do you guys make of all these recent injuries? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this over the course of this conversation. Like, is there a title in pro wrestling, at least in WWE, that has suffered misfortune at the hands of nothing but dumb luck the way that the women's tag team championship had like ever since naomi and sasha walked out and then we had the long delay and then it's like every it's that belt is cursed if you got that title you're getting surgery basically Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah it has bad juju that that title it does um i don't i don't know maybe maybe it's time for the bella twins to come back and take charge and take the titles that are rightfully theirs (laughs) (laughs) what okay let's 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 give this a little bit of juice from memory in the last couple years what is the injury that has sort of had the biggest impact in pro wrestling what just completely threw the product a product for a side loop or forced a scramble that didn't quite play out punk punk last year when yeah i was gonna be like yeah punk yeah uh do you do you guys like the real world title thing with you know like the nxt rebranding of the belts like are you are you here for it are you against it how do you feel about it 
Okay, I'll go. Fine. It, whatever. I can watch the show. <laughs> uh, We're all politely waiting. I so I like this is this is it's really funny because when AEW first started to sort of promote other champions on their show, you know, uh, Lance Archer beats John Moxley for the New Japan U.S. title. Um, I actually really liked it. Or when Christian Cage is walking around as Impact World Champion, I felt like it sort of elevated wrestlers that weren't in the title scene. But ever since Ring of Honor started to become integrated into the product, it feels like we have way too many world champions, especially because they didn't leave it at that. They introduced the international title. They introduced the TBS title, like the, the trios belts. There are so many titles in AEW that I love the premise of this real world heavyweight champion because it's very punk-esque in nature. Um, it can lead to a title unification bout with MJF. Like there's a lot of juice to be squeezed out of it, but I struggle to care because there's so many world champions on that show in that organization. I, I'm kind of I kind of have the same feeling. I, I hope this doesn't go too long, but it is a natural. Punk never did lose that title. Mm-hmm. Him and MJF. Um, I just feel like since they're in separate directions right now, it just feels, uh, I don't know, just uh, hasn't really hit. But uh, when they do, I mean, you got two of the best talkers in the business with Punk and MJF, so I'm sure it will. I just don't hope they don't go too long with it. I hope, it, I hope it's done by November at the latest uh, with full gear. <laughs> I love just looking at Emily, waiting to see how she's going to feel about it this time. <laughs> but... Emily, your misery is almost over. You did it. It's you all good. Ruined. I feel bad for everyone watching that it's no, doing no. that. Listen, no. listen. Uh, Sean Rossnap <laughs> runs a successful beloved, but uh, I wouldn't say. You know, this isn't this isn't HBO. We're 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 running off Streamyard. <laughs> we're doing the best that we can. <laughs> Love you, I'm never invited back. That's what's happening. No, no, I, I'm, all, I'm more worried about my own standing than I am yours. Don't worry about it, Emily. In fact, we got people in the chat saying how much they like that today. Uh, guys, this is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us on what has been the most chaotic episode in Fightful Wrestling Roundtable history. We'll be back in a few weeks to this month to make up for my absence at the end of July. Um, you can find all my work over at Shaq MMA and Shaq Wrestling on YouTube, depending on where your interest lies. We just dropped an interview with Seth Rollins about a week ago. Please go give that some love. All the written work at CBSSports.com. Alex, where can the people find your lovely face? Oh, you can find my beautiful face uh, over here on Twitter. Oh, X. It's Twitter to me, okay? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me there. Uh, I will be live tonight on my YouTube channel doing a Dark Side of the Ring watch along for the season finale. It's all about Marty Jannetty. And as a huge Shawn Michaels fan, I'm terrified going into this episode, but I'm excited to watch it. So uh, YouTube.com slash Queen of the Ring Wrestling if you want to go there and check me out. Also, Twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. Uh, I'm over on the Twitch lands. And if you want to know more about Church of Joshi, you can follow Church of joshi everywhere if you're in need of stardom tjpw sendai girls and everything in between come check us out raj where can everyone find you for your wrestling takes cooking tips investment (laughs) portfolios and of course the unrivaled undisputed knowledge of everything taylor swift 
<laughs> you can follow me uh, on X slash Twitter at uh, at the Raj Geary. Uh, and yet yeah, I have a practical, uh, just a personal finance uh, substack at practicalmoney.substack.com. The last issue, I, I kind of revealed my stock portfolio and just kind of how I got started investing, things like that. So it's a lot of common common sense tips, just basic stuff. So uh, yeah, check it out. I will need that. Emily, please. We'll see if we can sneak in one more swap before the end of the show. Where can everyone <laughs> find all the work you do? And for those who don't know, I've seen it firsthand at WrestleMania. Emily is a, Emily is a hustler. I've seen this girl yep. work, work, work. Where can everyone Absolutely. find what you're doing? Well, thank you so much for, again, for everyone for uh, putting up with all the technology issues today and Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) That was you. I knew it. I knew it. Um, Well, you can follow me on all social platforms at Emily May Heller. Um, If you want to watch an amazing women's wrestling show uh, this Saturday, we have another Mission Pro Wrestling show on Title Match Network, and it's going to be Izzy Moreno is making her in-ring debut. I know many of us are familiar with her, so you got to go check that out. Um, And then... I'll be at, we'll have New Japan and, the, and uh, the Junior Festival on August 19th, and then the Impact Crossover Show, Multiverse United 2, uh, August 20th. So uh, we have a, that, a lot of that happening in the next few weeks. So follow my socials, Emily Mayheller up there, and uh, you'll see me all around. <laughs> Raj, take us out here, because I did miss this earlier. Uh, didn't this already happen? Because we're seeing where people want the Raj and Sean reunion. You know, last year when I when I first sold the site, me and Sean were going to do a reunion, and I, I was going to have him on, and then I, we had a scheduling issue, and then the, then I got COVID, and then it just never. And then by that time, I was done with the podcast, so it just never got to happen. But I'd, I'd love to do it. I always had uh, great times doing stuff with Sean. Okay, that yeah, this one was not me. One this more. one was not me. But one I'm glad more. we stuck a last one. Alex, new Rod, new Emily. Thank you guys so much. Make sure to give some love to Fightful. Subscribe. There's so much great stuff happening here every single week. We will see you back at the end of month, the end of the month, for another edition of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. Enjoy all in. Enjoy all the fallout from SummerSlam, and enjoy pro wrestling, guys. It's meant to be fun. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.